chapter 28, Isaiah 28. Those of you who've been with us, we've been talking about waste not, want not. I'm not preaching that today. Uh, I'll get into that Wednesday night. Okay, so you come out Wednesday night. In fact, Wednesday night, I'm going to talk uh, somewhat about uh, money, specifically, uh, unless the Lord says something different. You know, I'm always at his beck and call, so uh, we'll talk about that, but we're doing something different today. All right? Isaiah 28, we're going to read one verse together, please, verse 16. When you have it, say Amen. All right, let's all read that together. Ready, read. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Now, that was a quick verse. Can we read it one more time? All right, let's go. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Amen? Let's pray over this. I want to declare uh, the word of the Lord over this uh, message today. All right, let's go. I will come to visions and revelations of who you are. Pour out your spirit upon me and make known your words unto me. Make me to understand the way of your precepts. So shall I talk of your wondrous works. Open up my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is over of your calling. Show me, Father God, great and mighty things that I know not of. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, take your seats today. Today I want to talk on this subject, Jesus Christ, the sure foundation. Jesus Christ, the sure foundation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you look at our city, the city of St. Petersburg, we are experiencing uh, an economic revival. How many of you all are, cities, are, are uh, natives of St. Petersburg? You've been here all your life. All right. How many of y'all have been here at least 20 years and kind of seen the changes? If, you, if you've been here, you, you know without a doubt that we're in the midst of an economic revival. We, we have a bustling downtown. It used to be a sleepy downtown. <laughs> Remember as a little boy going downtown with my father, just go down to Rutland Bank. <laughs> Some of y'all remember Rutland Bank? Woolworths. Downtown. Some of y'all remember places like McCrory's and Cress. Some of y'all remember Crunks. Some of y'all remember Crunks. Oh boy. That was that was that was the, the haven right there for all of us. Hallelujah. But we, we have now bustling downtown. We've got new museums and uh, new hotels that are already built and those that are, already, that are being built currently and those that are on the books to be built in the next year, next couple years or so. Uh, new restaurants. <laughs> wonderful new restaurants. That we can't enjoy during the fast, but wonderful new restaurants. We've got new everything uh, that are hitting our entire city. And if you again, have been in your whole life, you recognize even by the traffic jams that we're experiencing that uh, our population has begun to explode. We've got somewhere just under about 300,000 residents now. We're now the fifth largest city in Florida. 
Uh, we're actually back and forth between St. Petersburg and Orlando. We're in the battle for, for the fourth spot. Sometimes they say we're the fourth spot. Sometimes Orlando's the fourth spot. Everybody's trying to get to Orlando, but stats are saying St. Petersburg is knocking Orlando out of the, out of the box here. And uh, in fact, St. Petersburg was voted the number one food city in the uh, state of Florida. St. Petersburg has been designated the number one mid-sized city for the arts in America. So St. Petersburg is in the midst of an economic revival. Thank you, Lord. You preach prosperity long enough in a city, prosperity hits the city. Hallelujah. Well, the traffic jams proved that our population is exploding. I was talking to a realtor here uh, a few months ago, and uh, she told me about a meeting, and uh, I did a little, little check into this, and, and uh, with Deacon Gershom, who's very in, in touch with, uh, in fact, he was just in a meeting early this week, uh, the state of the city. Uh, they had a whole address where they did about talking about where we are economically and what's happening. And uh, planners are saying that they expect uh, within this decade, within this decade, the city of St. Petersburg to approach nearly one million residents. Now, y'all are like, <laughs> that's what I said. I said, oh, no. <laughs> I might have moved to Robonia or something like that. <laughs> Girl across the water. Amen. But it's, 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 it's booming. And it's what's supposed to happen when prosperity is being preached. And so if you look down our skyline today, you see high-rises dotting our skyline. You see large cranes that are posted all over the skyline. If you were to get on 275 or get on I, uh, 175, 275, 375, uh, the little interchanges there, you'll see all these little cranes everywhere because there's building going uh, on everywhere. New homes and new apartment buildings are sprouting out of the ground. And so builders, Oscar, are very happy right now. If you're in the building industry, you're very happy. There's no shortage of work in this area, and especially in St. Petersburg, if you're a builder. But regardless of the size and the shape or the purpose of any new building, one thing that must be certain is that it must be built on a sure foundation. In fact, those of you, if you know, if you just kind of monitor the news, uh, down on uh, 3rd Street and uh, near 3rd Avenue South where the Publix sits, there's a Publix there, there's a new building that rose there in the last uh, couple years. And for uh, two, two or three years prior to that, all the residents of downtown were complaining because the builders were making a lot of loud noise. It was just this egregious noise they were making because they were driving uh, pilings deep into the earth. And it was, it was noisy, and the, the, the tenants, all the, the residents down there were in, just complaining because it was so noisy down there. But they had to do it. Because uh, in this city, uh, if you're going to build, the higher you're going to go, the deeper you have to dig to stabilize your building. Because no matter, again, no matter what size, no matter what shape, no matter what purpose your building is, one thing for sure is that you must have a sure foundation. Any building that lacks a sure foundation will eventually crumble and fall. In fact, if you were to look over in, in the news uh, just Google San Francisco high-rise. Yes. There's a building in San Francisco that was built just here in the last decade that the builders built a very tall, but they didn't sure up the foundation. And that building that's filled with condominium uh, residents, that building is starting to lean ever so slightly, starting, starting to teeter. And the, now the 
condominium owners are beginning to sue the, the contract of the builder because, hey, wait a minute, we live in this building that we pay, you know, upwards of a million dollars and higher, you know, in San Francisco. You can't, you can't get a two-bedroom for a million dollars in San Francisco. And so they, they pay this money, but the, their value is decreasing because the builder's leaning. So they made this investment that's losing them money. Why? Because there was no sure no matter what size, no matter what shape, no matter what purpose, if you don't build with a sure foundation, it will eventually crumble and fall. And that's the same way it is in our lives, that anything that we build without a sure foundation in our lives will eventually crumble and fall. The world is filled with people, and all the systems of this world are built on uh, faulty foundations. You, in fact, in this house may have experienced Something like that in your life. Just look straight ahead. You may have had a marriage that crumbled and fell. You may have had uh, a relationship that crumbled and fell. You may have had a business that crumbled and fell. You may have had a ministry that crumbled and fell. You may have had uh, something that you were, uh, a career that you had put all your attention into. You went to school four years and got your degree and thought everything was going to be so wonderful and it crumbled and it fell. And if it, that happens, you've got to find out how was the foundation. Because if the foundation was faulty, then the building is faulty. And everything that has a faulty foundation will eventually, eventually. In other words, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want you being wooed and awed by the world and what they're doing. Because everything in the world is built on a faulty foundation. And so no matter how beautiful the building is, no matter how glitzy it may be, no matter how tall it may be, no matter how many chandeliers they put in there, no, ma no matter how pretty and, and opaque the glass may be, it doesn't matter. Eventually, that's why the Bible says to fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither, neither be thou envious, Psalm 37 verse 1, against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the not like the rock, like the grass and wither as the green herb. Why? Because they don't have a foundation. So it doesn't matter if you're looking in Hollywood. No matter if you're looking in New York. No matter if you're looking in Washington, D.C. No matter where you're looking, it, if it doesn't have a, a solid foundation, it's going to crumble and fall. Hallelujah. The good news is that you can rebuild. I said the good news is you can rebuild. But to rebuild, I found out, Brother Chris, you've got to dig up the foundation. If the building crumbles, you can't now rebuild a building on the same crumbly foundation. Because guess what's going to happen? It's going to crumble again. By the time you're in your third marriage, you ought to figure out. Oh, y'all know something. By the time the, builder, the business has folded two times, three times, you ought to, wait a minute. I got to go back and get the foundation right. Oh, if I get the foundation right, then I can build. Psalm 127, verse 1 says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. And when the Lord builds a house, he's going to, first of all, make sure you have a sure foundation. Are y'all with me this morning? So I can build again, but I got to dig up the bad foundation and lay a new sure foundation. Today I want to teach you that Jesus Christ is the only sure foundation. 
Notice the title of our message today is Jesus Christ, the, not a, the sure foundation. Glory to God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, in verse 11, says, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm going to wait on y'all to catch up with me. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Implication is, you can lay other foundations, but there'll never be a sure, solid, rock-steady, durable foundation than what has already been laid. And that's Jesus Christ. So if you try to lay or build your marriage or build your business or build your ministry or build your career or build your life or build your family on anything other than outside of Jesus, I'm telling you ahead of time, it is an unsure foundation and I guarantee you ahead of time that it will crumble and it will eventually fall. And I found that throughout the body of Christ, even, the body of Christ is plagued with crumbled buildings, crumbled lives, crumbled ventures, because what people built was built on their own agenda or built on their own dream or built on their own mind or built on their own wishes, built on their own desire and not built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Now, if I preach faith and money, y'all be all excited. I know. So I understand. I, I, I brought my pocket full of amens with me already. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. All right. I have to amen myself today. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is? Who? So there's no, I don't care what you do, I don't care what you try, you can't do anything else and, it be, and have it last if it's not built on Jesus. Some of you are sitting right here and I know the problem. You're, trying, you're looking at your life, you're wondering, why, how come uh, if mine's not working because it's not built right? Well, I did everything I read in that book when I went to that seminar that weekend. You went to a seminar, baby, that, that ain't Jesus. That seminar ain't Jesus. That book you bought in Haslam's, in, in, in Barnes Noble, wasn't Jesus? Twelve steps of raising a child. That ain't Jesus. They'll tell you stuff like, don't beat them no more. Don't, don't spank them no more. That ain't Jesus. That ain't the word of God. Hallelujah. See, I grew up in an area, we used to say something like this, my hope is built. Come on, Pashera. See, we the same age. We grew up in that time. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust. I dare not trust. The sweetest frame, but holy lean. Y'all know it. On Christ. Come on, on Christ. The solid rock I stand. All other ground. 
And we say it again just in case you didn't hear it the first time, all other ground. Tell your neighbor, all other ground is sinking sand. Tell them, I don't know what you're trying to build, but all other ground is sinking sand. To build your life on anything but Jesus is a failed venture from the jump. To build your marriage on anything but, why well, we love each other. That ain't enough to keep you. Y'all, y'all better hear me. Love is not a foundation. Because there's many folk who fall in love and fall out. So love is not a good foundation. Matter of fact, the Bible tells men, husbands, love your wives. You know the Bible never tells wives to love their husbands? So obviously love wasn't the foundation for marriage. Y'all didn't hear that. The Bible never tells wives to love their husbands. Never. So love cannot be the foundation for a marriage. I need love. No, you need Jesus. You need a foundation. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, number 11, verse 3, it says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If you don't have a foundation, what can you do? If you don't have a foundation, how can you build anything? And oh, Jesus, help me, Holy Ghost. I, I, I've discovered in this, in this neo-modern church that we're in today that people in the church today are not interested in a foundation of Jesus. They're only interested in what, what, and how you can make me feel and what I can experience and, and, and what, what I can get, but nobody takes time, y'all ain't saying nothing to me, to build a foundation. We've left the foundation of Jesus and we try to build churches on music and churches on drama and churches on youth ministry and that's not a foundation. The foundation must be Jesus. For no other foundation can a man lay than what has been laid, that is, Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor, you need Jesus. More than ever. Tell them, if you ain't got Jesus, tell them, I know this is bad English, but it's past the fault. If you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. Tweet that. If you ain't got Jesus, you ain't got nothing. If you ain't got Jesus in your home, you ain't got nothing. If you ain't got him in your marriage, you ain't got nothing. If you ain't got him in your business, you ain't got nothing. If you ain't got him in your life, you ain't got nothing. If you ain't got him on your job, you ain't got nothing. All the exercising folk do. If you ain't got Jesus, you still ain't got nothing. Who cares if you live 180 years and you die and go to hell? You ain't got nothing. 
You ain't got nothing. Go to Isaiah 28, please. I'm determined not to live a life built on bad foundations. Me loving my wife was not a foundation for our marriage. It had to be Jesus. We wouldn't have made it this long without Jesus. Because believe it or not, I've been a trip, she's been a trip. Yeah. I remember she's been a trip, I've been a trip. You need more than love. Yeah, all young folk better hear me. You need more than love. You need more than some good hair and some little booty. You need more than, I'm, t- I'm telling you, this is what, this what it's devolved into now. All people going for is good hair and a booty. You need more than that? That ain't going, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't nothing. I'm just telling you, just telling you straight, God's on the street. You better have more than that. Because if all you're going for is good hair and a booty, guess what? It's another good hair and a booty down the street. You're going to need more than that. You need Jesus. You better hear me, Chris. Now mess with Chris. See, if you don't have Jesus at, at, as, the, as the foundation of your business, you'll cheat. You'll cut corners. You won't have integrity. And eventually, you're going to be found out. You got it? Isaiah 28. If you have a good Bible, the title of Isaiah 28 says, Woe to Ephraim and Jerusalem. Woe is not congratulations. Barbara, when, the, when it starts out, in fact, the very first word in the chapter is woe. When you see woe, Elise, woe, I'm, this, I'm talking to y'all preaching girls and, you know, boys. Uh, when, you, when you preach, you see woe, don't, don't smile. Don't go, woe. Woe is not a, is not a smiling term. Woe is a oh. You better Listen. Because something bad is about to happen. This is not a good news. Some bad news. It's, in fact, woe is a warning to try to preempt the bad news from becoming a bad reality. In other words, woe is a warning that if you'll change and make corrections, then what the woe is coming for can be avoided. You got it? So, (laughs) I didn't, praise God. Uh, Allow me to to be your woe today. God sent us a woe last Sunday. I don't want to be labeled as a woe preacher, Sister Stafford, but I'm still a faith preacher, prosperity preacher, and kingdom preacher, and word preacher, but every once in a while, the, the, you sense God 
saying to his people, whoa. You ever, you ever seen somebody like, hey, you're going too far. Whoa, 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 slow your roll. You ever said that? Whoa, 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 look, whoa, big fella. Slow your roll. Somebody, they, they getting kind of off track. Whoa. Somebody jump in your face like they about to bust in your eye. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Any of, you, any of your mamas have to say that to your kids? Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, you, you'll bring back a nub. You put that thing in my, fa in my face again. I'll whoop you till you rope like okra. Ain't that how we said, mama, y'all said, rope like okra. I don't even know what that means, but I knew I ain't wanna, never want to be rope like okra. Be all toe up from the floor up. Now, he's, this is a woe to Ephraim. The, the name Ephraim, you trace it, it means fruitful. It means fruitful. So a woe to someone who had been fruitful. That if you're not careful, you're going to be now in a wasteland. Woe to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, if you trace it, literally just means peaceful. So fruitful and peaceful. So if you don't uh, get things straight peaceful, this is going to be uh, eventful in your area. <laughs> You're about to have some problems. But again, God is a loving God. And God, warned, we, we used to hear this in the old days, God never, uh, he never sends destruction without warning. So God always is going to bring some warning. And I, I'm telling you just what I sense in my spirit. I don't know how about you, you know, during this fast. I, this, this has been the overwhelming sense for me that uh, we don't have a long time before Jesus comes. I'm not saying he's coming this year, next year, next three years. But I'm saying it's not very long, Deacon Mac. And uh, even, if, even if it was 100 years from now, uh, you don't have 100 years unless you, you know, you're one of these young people around here, you're 40 or 50 years old, you might have 100 years. Anyway, what I'm saying is, even if you're, you live 150 years from now, he don't want you to waste the rest of your life go, and go from fruitful to wasteful, from peaceful to full of war. So he says, whoa. Are you all with me? Now, what, what had happened? If you were to go back and do the background on Isaiah 28, you'll find the people, they were prospering. They were prospering due to God's overwhelming goodness to them. But what happened in their prosperity, prosperity people, they had let pride enter in. That's, that's the danger of when you are in uh, prosperity preaching and teaching and you're in, in this kind of ministry, if you, if you approach it with the wrong heart, yeah. prosperity destroys a fool. Yes, sir. So, Proverbs chapter 1, right? Yes. Proverbs says uh, this prosperity destroys the King James and New King James says complacency destroys a fool. So if you hear and begin to enjoy prosperity and your heart isn't right, you don't have a good foundation. If you don't make Jesus Christ and keep him as the foundation for your prosperity, then the prosperity will destroy the fool because he didn't have a good foundation. Y'all got it? That's the reason some of us 
uh, have not manifested yet the way we want to manifest is because God is still trying to get your foundation right. Yes, sir. It's not God holding back from you. It's holding back for you to give you time to get, because, see, for him to load on you what he really wants to load on you, what God really has planned for your life, you can't be some shallow Christian who soon as you get your first little thousand dollars, all of a sudden you go buck wild. If you go buck wild with a thousand, how are you going to handle the trillion? Billion? Million? I'm trying to back up where I can find you. See, if you, if you can't handle that little, how are you going to handle the great things? So he has to take time to get the foundation right. So this is a year of vision manifestation, but he needs to make sure that before we get manifestation, we have the foundation right. Now, the only sure foundation. Who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Okay? So God's warning them. What happened? The people had turned from following God to following the world. They had fallen for the world. Now, let me give you an example of this in Isaiah 28 and verse 7. Hallelujah. Look at verse 7. Well, let me start at verse, verse 5, please. In that day, the Lord of hosts will be a crown, for a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty for, to the remnant of his people. The who? Remnant. remnant. That means not everybody. <laughs> for a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and for strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. Now let's look at verse 7, please. But they also have erred through wine. Gone astray. That word erred simply means gone astray. Everybody awake. They've erred through wine and through intoxicating drink are out of the way. Now we know that's a problem. I mean, that's, now, now the they he's talking about is, is his people. He's not talking about the world. First of all. So let's, let's just make sure we understand. He's not talking about the people in Hollywood and people in any way. He's talking about people in the body. Not, you know, I'm, I'm saying the body. This is not the body yet, but this is for us. So he's saying, my people have erred through wine and through intoxicating drink are out of the way. They've gone, they've gone astray. Notice now he said, the priest and the prophet. So this isn't. Now, here, this is that's the that's the the problem right here. While the people are, are in error, while the people have gone astray, it's primarily because guess what? You look at the top. The priest and the prophet have do the same. They got the same problem. That's why they can't talk about it. <laughs> They got the same problem, right? Through intoxicating drink, they are, look, they talk about the priest and the prophet, they are swallowed up. Swallowed up by wine. Consumed by it. That's exactly right. They, the priests, are out of the way through intoxicating drink. They, watch this, watch this, watch this. This is your vision manifestation. Watch this. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. Boy, that's big right there. That's big. Because now remember, the, the people, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, right? 
book of Hosea 4, 6, people destroy for lack of knowledge. He said, because my priests have rejected knowledge. So in other words, whenever there's a problem with the people, he said, I got to go back and check the priests. You got to check the head and see what's going on. So right here, we see the people have erred. They've gone astray. But he said, here the problem right here in the middle of the scripture. The priest and the prophet, the priest stand before uh, uh, God for the people. The prophet stand before the people for God. Got it? And he says, wake up, everybody, wake up. He says, they've erred through intoxicating drink and swallowed up by wine. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink. Watch this. They err in vision. They can't see straight. They stumble in judgment. They can't think straight. When you can't see straight, vision is erred. You can't think straight. You, you can't judge straight. So you start making bad decisions, bad choices, because you're drunk. Now, before you pick on all the preachers who's sipping, and all the saints who's sipping, I want you to see that wine here denotes worldliness. That is not just some MD 2020. <laughs> They're not drinking MD 2020. And Corona and all that kind of stuff, whatever people, you know, what's some, what's some things when people, every little place got a mars, mimosa. Everybody doing a little mimosa. mimosa. Sound like Tom. Mimosa. 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 Don't that sound like that? But it ain't. But it is a spirit. But it is a spirit. It is a spirit. And the Bible says when you get into that, you can't see straight and you can't think straight, which means you can't judge straight, which means you will make constantly bad decisions. But I'm going way beyond some sipping. Because this wine denotes it's a spirit. Just like when you see wine in a good term, new wine, it's the spirit of God. The spirit of, of, of the kingdom. So when you see wine in a negative term, it's the spirit of the world. So my people here, they, are, they have erred, they have gone astray through worldliness. Because they're intoxicated by the world. Oh, my, 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 my. And the problem in the body of Christ, ladies and gentlemen, is that too many people are intoxicated in the body of Christ by the world. Watch what the world does. Check out what the world does. Got to be in the world stuff. Got to be in all their little events. Got to be a part of all their little stuff. And I keep on looking. I keep vexing my righteous soul And because I'm, I'm, I'm too bored with the kingdom. I'm too bored with things of God. I'm too bored with the church. I'm too bored with just reading the word. I'm too bored with fasting and praying. I'm too bored with singing Zion songs. And, but because it's so enticing and alluring to be in the world. And I'm glued to that. And what, what you don't understand is, is that you are being intoxicated by it. When a person is being intoxicated, they, they don't. They don't, they don't become intoxicated the first drink. I mean, if you become drunk the first drink, you, 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 you something wrong with you. You, you too thin. You need to put on some weight and eat. Right? No, it's, it's, it's gradual. It's gradual. You don't know which drink. Put you over. 
Oh, come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't know which drink you put you over. I can handle three. I can handle ten. You don't know because you don't know which one put you over. So with the world, we, because uh, the church has dumbed down holiness, sanctification, consecration, righteousness, we've made it acceptable to mix and mingle with the world and you don't know which event put you over. You don't know which movie put you over. You don't know which song put you over. You don't know which, which, which TV show you watch put you over to you. You didn't realize because most folk drunk don't realize they drunk till they drunk, drunk, drunk. Buzz driving is drunk driving. So you don't realize you're intoxicated till it's too late. Till now you're stumbling in judgment. Making bad decisions. Wake up in the morning, who are you? Well... And the body of Christ has begun to allow world philosophy to seep into the church. The body of Christ has endorsed and embraced humanism and materialism and narcissism in the church. The church encourages you to just Take all the selfies of yourself and post everything. It's, it's narcissism. It's all about yourself and, how, and how, 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 how the church makes you feel. And we're not here to worship God. It's really about how I feel. My experience I have. That's narcissism. That's not worship. We've, we've thrown worship out. Oh, am I in the right church this day? Chris, Chris, you got my amens for me. I'm going to show you this. This is, this is what, what, what Paul prophesied. Look at 2 Timothy 3. I'm not going to finish this today. I'm going to just take my time. I was going to rush through this, but I'm not going to finish. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 5. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you all three of these in Scripture. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. But know this, that in the what days? The last days, perilous times shall come. That's in the last of the last days. We're in that. We're in this now. Watch verse 2. This, this is the indicators of perilous days. How are you going to know in perilous days? For men, women, too, mankind, will be lovers of themselves. Narcissism. How many times can you post your doggone picture? How many times? Why you got to tell us everything you're eating? Nobody has to know that stuff. I'm not going to set up in that song because I don't like how that, I don't like, I don't like that song. That ain't my song. Oh, it's about you now. It's narcissism. It's all about what God can do for you or what people in church can do for you. So people don't go to church to serve, they go to church to be served. 
I'm going to go over here because they got youth workers. They can, they can take care of this. And they got, I'm going to go over here because they got this. And they can, they can take, care, take care of me. And you never serve. National standards tell us that less than 5% of people in church actually serve in ministry. It's narcissism, and it's, 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 it's taking over the church. Lovers of money. Materialism. Lovers of money. And so what has happened is you, people have taken the prosperity message and perverted it and corrupted it. And they appeal to that love of money on the inside of people. And I'm going to tell you, if you give me $500, I'm going to tell you what God's going to do for you. And I appeal to your little materialism. Now, there are times when the God will direct things, but it's never because God's trying to, because he, he, he has to connive or get something to that person. He's trying to get something to that person. But people, just like Paul talked about, Paul, Paul was in prison in the book of Philippians. He wrote in the first chapter of Philippians, talking about, he says all kinds of people preaching out here. He said, but just as long as it's being preached. He says some are preaching for bad reasons, though. So people can preach right things for wrong reasons. I'll prove that to you in a minute. So lovers of, of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud is all narcissism. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Okay, that, we don't have any of that. Thank God. We don't have any of that. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Unthankful. Unholy. Verse 3. Unloving. Unforgiving. Slanderers. Without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of good. Verse 4. Traitors. Headstrong. Haughty. Watch this last one. Watch this, watch this humanism. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It's humanism. It's, it's doing what we feel. Humanists exclude God from their context. So rather than doing something because I love God, I, do, I love, I love uh, pleasure. It makes, makes me, it's all about what I think, what I feel. It's our own human philosophy. If it feels good, I do it. If loving you is wrong. I don't want to be right. Right? That's a, it's humanism. It's to say, I don't care if it's wrong. Because as a humanist, there's no God over me. There's no God over me. It's me. It's, 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 I'm, I'm self-ruled. That's humanism. I'm self-ruled. And it's creeping into the church. So can't nobody correct me. Can't nobody tell me anything. Can't nobody say anything to me. I don't need a pastor because we just going to be in our house by ourselves and just me and my husband and my little child because can't nobody tell us nothing. I ain't going to let nobody tell me nothing. Okay. Now this pleasure, this humanism, You've seen it, if you've been reading the book of Revelation in this fast, we call those folk the Nicolaitans. Remember the Nicolaitans? Y'all read through that? You see them? They fit all this stuff here, especially the humanism part. Okay, now it happens. I'm going to show you how it happens. Look at, look at Philemon, the book of Philemon, P-H-I-L-E-M-O-N, 
Philemon. Okay? So just one chapter, right? Verse 23 and 24. I'll show you church folk. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you. Now this is Paul writing to Philemon, his partner. Philemon was a partner, like, you know, ministry partner, right? He says, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, or Luke, in Greek it would be Lucas, Luke, my fellow laborers. So Paul's writing and saying, these guys, uh, I'm going to just go through this list, Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke are my fellow laborers. These are uh, either apostles or they're apostolic assistants. In other words, they're at that level of ministry. A high level of ministry. Y'all see it? What's the names up there? Read them. Now look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy 4 verse 9 and 10. Paul talking to Timothy. Be diligent to come to me quickly. Why? For Demas, who we just read was his fellow laborer, who was either an apostle or an apostolic assistant. He's on a high, Tony, a high level of ministry. He says, Demas has forsaken me, and I'm going to tell you why he forsook me. Because he got drunk. I can't tell you what show he was watching when it happened. I can't tell you what movie he was watching. I can't tell you what, what conversation he was in. But at some point, he got drunk on the world. And the Bible says he forsook me having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica over Greek territory where it's booming over there. So that I'm, I'm sitting to say that it is highly possible for people in the church who serve in high levels of ministry. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If the priests and the prophets are intoxicated and err and go astray, then anybody is susceptible to fall and go astray if you mess around and get intoxicated. Again, the thing about it being intoxicated is you don't know when it happens. See, I'm not, I am not, just, just for the record, I am not an anti-wine preacher. You understand what I'm saying? If you told me, well, Pastor, I had a little drink, I'm not going to beat you up about it because, you know, other people may. In fact, my spiritual parents are anti, you know, you no drinking at all. That's not me. Now, I don't drink. Have never have. I never have and I never will. Bible says he that drinks this stuff is a fool. It's a fool. So if the Bible tells me it's, it's a fool, you're a fool for drinking it, then I'm no fool, no serene. I'm not, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I don't have any intention, no, no desire for it. No desire for it. Right? But if you were to ask me my advice, my strong advice be you never touch it. Well, why? If it's all right. All things are lawful, 
but not all things are expedient. Then it says all things are lawful, and, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Did you catch that? All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient or helpful or beneficial. It's lawful. Okay, you can drink it, but it's not good for you. Then he says, all things are lawful, but not all things edify. That's, that's, that's the rest of that verse. It doesn't, it doesn't build you up. Another scripture that says all things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And the pro- 1 Corinthians 6, 12. So that means that what is lawful, if you're not careful, you'll be brought under the power of it. Even though it's lawful, it'll take over. So my strong advice would be just don't touch it because you don't know which sip takes you over. I wish I had some people who you ever been through alcoholism or addiction of any sort to tell me, come on, come on, help me out, help me out, come on, testify, help me out. Because I need, I, need, I need people to put your hand up real high. I need other people to see this. You don't know. When I was an addict to pornography, I didn't know which, which click put me over. And I tell you the truth, it wasn't clicks when, back when it was me, it was, it was videos, we had VCR tapes. <laughs> Y'all know a VCR, <laughs> VHS. You know which one you put in or which little book you found. You didn't know which one put you over, because you thought, I can handle this all, yeah. But you can't. I said, but you can't. Tell your neighbor, you can't handle that. Y'all didn't help me. Tell, make sure you hear some, everybody here, tell them you can't. You can't handle that. I need to make sure everybody in this room hears that some, from somebody. Tell some, everybody, make sure, if you find somebody, you've got to, tell them you can't handle that. I'm preaching about a sure foundation, aren't I? You can't handle that. You think you can, but you can't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can't. No, no, you can't. You can't handle it. You know you can't. It's going it's to it's it's take power over you. That's exactly what it's going to do. So the way he keeps from getting on the power of something, he say, uh, it's, not, it's not expedient, so I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not even going to fool with it. And yet, we can see that when it comes to alcohol or smoking weed. I can't handle that, so I'm going to just leave that alone. Well, you can see it when it comes to pornography. I ain't going ain't gonna to be going up in the XTC store. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. We can see it when it comes to that. But can you see it when you just watching your favorite television program and you're being fed things. Can you see it when you're talking at work to your girlfriends? You know what I'm talking about, ladies? And you're talking inappropriately. Now you got a husband at home, but you're talking inappropriately with your girlfriends. Can you, can you, can you, can you see that? Or can, can you see it even when you're just, just complaining about your, your husband? Come on, 
See, what you're doing is you're, 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 you're violating what's supposed to be a good foundation. And so you understand, trying to, why is it so rocky? Because you keep doing this stuff and you don't know when you're going to get the one seed planted in your mind. That'll destroy the whole foundation. Do you know that as, 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 as solid as concrete is, that there are some seeds that are under there if, if they can get enough, enough light and enough, am I right, Brother Stafford? Enough light, enough water, they'll begin to break through concrete. Get a firm foundation, yes, but you let one seed Jesus. So I got to beware of these things. Isaiah 28, verse 7. Put it back on the screen for me, please. Isaiah 28 and 7. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, God loves us so much. You know, you know why, why I believe God's doing this for us, Gigi? It's because he's got such a big plan for us this year. And he's like, I, I, I got to get you right. I got to get you tight so you can handle what I'm about to do in your life. I, 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 can't, I can't have you struggling when I bring this on you because I can't have you struggling. I need, I need you to be tight. We just we ain't no day solid. You God, you, you God needs us to be solid. Somebody say right on, right on, brother, right on. need to be solid so I can bring you something. Glory to God. Put up, put up Isaiah uh, 54 verse 1 real quick. Isaiah 54 verse 1. Glory to God. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry loud, you who have not uh, labored with child. For more the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse 2. Verse 2. Verse 2. Oh, I, I should have said. Enlarge the place of your tent. Watch what he says here. Now he's saying prepare for increase here. This, this is what he just told me here. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Why? Verse 3. For I'm about to expand you. So notice he said before I can expand you, you got to get your foundation right. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Sturdy yourself. Because what I'm about to unload in your life, you can't handle on a broke down foundation. You can't handle the weight of God's glory and you got all kind of struggles in your heart. You can't handle the weight of God's glory and you're not, you don't have a well made up mind to serve the Lord. If you've not made up in your mind, I'm going with Jesus all the way, you can't handle his glory. So he said, I need you right. I need you tight. I need you solid. I need you strong. Because I'm about to expand you on the right, to the right, and to the left. You're about to bubble over in your life. You're about to flood in your life. 
I'm about to overwhelm you in your life. I'm about to increase you in your life. I'm about to bless you in your life. I'm about to take you over. I'm about to take you somewhere you've never been. I'm about to give you something you ain't never had. I'm about to do some things you've never had done. But I got you to have, gotta have you right. And if you'll get ready, then I can manifest my vision in your life. Are y'all getting this this morning? Do y'all hear what I'm saying to you this morning? Tell your neighbor, I gotta be right. I date a high five, two other people tell them I gotta be right. I'm gonna mess with you. Get up and find three other people. Find them and tell them how I'm. Half I'm telling them I gotta be right. I can't be messing around. I gotta be right. Ain't got no time for the humbug. If my foundation is destroyed, what can I do? materialism I might be warm in a house but it won't give me peace you can drive the fanciest car but it won't heal you when your liver bad more than I love God. Proverbs says, he that loves pleasure and wine will be poor. I gotta be right, man. I have no time to waste on nothing else for being right. I'm too hungry for the things of God. Too hungry for the will of God. Barbara, my whole life, my whole Christian life, 30, 30 years of being saved, has been built up to this moment. When I got saved February 12, 19, 1989, it's from that day forward, it's been, oh man, I remember years ago, I had a vision of me, one day before church, I had a vision, uh, I was sleeping, but it was a vision, I was walking through a house, and the house was a pure, it was, it was an empty house, it was white, nothing in it, empty house, white, and I remember walking through this house, and I, I kept hearing these words and as I walked through the house, he's preparing me for something I can't handle right now. I want you to know that God has been preparing you for something you can't handle right now. And so he has to go back and make sure today that your foundation is right so you can handle what he's preparing for your life. All right. Isaiah 28 verse 7. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink, 
Notice here, they err in vision, they stumble in judgment. If you err in your vision, you will always stumble in your judgment. If you can't see straight, if you can't see straight, you can't think straight. You'll make bad decisions. You'll say bad words. You can't talk straight when your vision bad. Put Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23, verse 29 through 33 on the screen. Watch this. Let's prove it. Proverbs 23, verse 29 through 33. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has? Now, when it says who has it, he's, he's talking about who's guaranteed to have this kind of life. And he's going to answer our question. Who has complaint? Who going, who's guaranteed to have complaints all the time? Who's guaranteed to have wounds? Watch this. Without cause. That wound, this is, this is self-inflicted wounds. This is not somebody else doing something to me. This is me doing this to myself. Wounds without cause. Injured lives without cause. Who has redness of eyes? I got your answer right here. Keep going. Those who linger long at the movie screen. Around the water cooler. At the happy hour. See, I'm messing with you, see? Because I want you to see way more than just wine. You just, you want to limit it to wine-o's. It ain't just more than just wine-o's. This is people getting intoxicated on the world. Hour after hour after hour scrolling through Instagram. Drunk. Facebook, intoxicated, just drunk. YouTube, just drunk. Those who go in search of mixed wine. Oh, let's get a cocktail going. Let's need a bartender to throw a little. The gin and the orange juice combination ain't right. You need to fix it. Throw a little jalapeno in there or something. Those, Verse 31, 31. Don't look at the wine when it's red, glowing. Don't look at the world when it's so attractive. When it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smooth. I don't even know how you hold a wine glass. By the stem. Oh, I gotta smell it. Y'all don't be smelling that. Y'all don't. Now watch, watch this. Thirty-two. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings. Tell you, they it's gonna get you. You keep messing with it. Y'all teenagers hear me? Y'all young folk hear me? Because see, on the school campus, they be trying to bring it on the campus, on the bus. I, I know, they be, that's how they used to do. At the last, it's, it's going to get you. It seems so innocent, but it's going to get you. Now watch verse 33. 
your eyes. Remember the priests and the prophets? They're, they err in vision. They err in vision. Your eyes will see strange things. Now, King James says this. You will see strange women. Anybody have a King James? Is that what it says? You will see some strange women. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's think about the Me Too movement. And every case that's been brought up, well, somebody is at the Christmas party, and they, they put their hands on me. Well, duh, y'all had liquor. Like, like Hawaiian Punch. I mean, of course they, they, that's what they do. They were seeing strange women. Of course. <laughs> right. And thine heart, watch this. Remember now, they, they err in vision. They stumble in their judgments. And that thine heart shall utter perverse things. You start speaking twisted things because your thinking is not right. You're inebriated, under the influence, intoxicated, right? Y'all have an uncle. Everybody has an uncle. You know what I'm talking about, right? Does everybody have an uncle? If you don't have an uncle like that, I can loan you one of my uncles like that. So everybody has an uncle like that, who they drink like this, and they come around a family, family reunion, family reunion, and they're going to utter perverse things. Be looking, looking at, looking at their great niece. Talking about like that, that girl. Man, we ain't first cousin. Huh? They begin to utter perverse things. Now we know Uncle P. Heffy like that, but what about us? When we get drunk on the world, humanism, materialism, right? Narcissism. Drunk on ourselves. You ever met anybody drunk on themselves? Yes. Come on, tell the truth. If they're next to you, just go like this. I'm watching y'all, I'm trying to see. Drunk on themselves? But when they're drunk, they're uttering perverse things. What's happening? Now, why am I talking about all this and I'm about to finish this next Sunday? Is because these things don't allow you to get a good foundation. So eventually, everything is going to crumble and fall. And I don't, I personally don't have time to, for things to keep crumbling and falling in my life. Any of y'all grown folk agree with me? You just, I don't, I don't have time. If you're a young folk, you know, young, 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 you don't have time because life has already started. I don't care if you're 12, life has already started. 
So you don't have time for things to crumble and fall. So you got a good foundation. Amen. Let me give you two more scriptures here. I think. Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18. So here's what the Bible says to us. So don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation or excess. So don't be drunk with wine. Now remember, how do you know when, you, when you're drunk until it's too late? So the way to not be drunk is just don't drink it. Well, I know, I, I you know, I ain't going to get drunk because I've drank that before and it didn't get me drunk to like the fifth drink. So I'm only going to have two. Great, but you forgot you didn't eat early this morning. So not two, you lit. See? Okay. But talk about the world. Now, don't just talk about the alcohol. I'm talking about the world, us and the world. Get being drunk on things of the world. So don't be drunk with the world, which is dissipation or excess, or that's being, being involved in the world too much. I understand you got to go to work. Understand that. And I, I understand, listen, when you fasting, we fasting 21 days, well, we got five days left after the day, right? Y'all don't know? Ain't none of y'all counting down? Tell the truth, you've been counting down since the first two weeks. You're counting down. We got, we got five more days. And you got to go, go to work around people? You got to really count on, okay, I'm fasting. Fast, I'm trying to fast. Right. Tell the truth. So I understand you got to go to work. I understand you have to, you have to go to the grocery store. Or, or you got to do whatever, you got to go places. But there's a, there's a place of dissipation or place of excess. And many times the reason we end up in trouble is because we've gone beyond the necessary into excess. And we've plunged too much into the world. My dad used to tell me when I was a boy and I used to be, I used to be complaining about school. He said, son, go there, get your lesson and come home. That was good advice my dad used to give me. Son, go to, go to school, get your lesson, and come home. But so-and-so don't like me. Son, go to school, get your lesson, and come home. You don't need no friends. You, you don't go to school with friends. You go to school to get your lesson, boy. Go in, get your lesson, and come home. So when you go in the grocery store, go in, get your groceries, and come home. You go to work, go in, get your hours, and come home. Don't go to work, and then we're going to go to happy hour, and then we go to a happy, happy hour, and all that kind of stuff. But then, no, go and get, get, go get your butt back home. Because you don't want to get into dissipation, excess. Pastor, it's the fasting time. Can I, can I go on, online? Yes, go online to pay your bills and get off. If you're in business and you got to post on Instagram, go in, post, and get off. Post and get off. Post and get off. Post and get off. Right? Bet y'all can't do that. Post and get off, man. Right? But be filled with the Spirit. 
so you can be filled with the Spirit. Say, I can be filled with the Spirit. Say it again, I can be filled with the Spirit. This word be filled is a present perfect verb in the Greek, which means be being filled. It means constantly be filled. Just like, just like the, uh, I think I got to go tomorrow today and gas up the car again. People driving all cross county and cross country and don't stop and get no gas. But that's my responsibility, so I don't mind doing that. So you got to go, see, I, you got you to go and keep filling that thing up, right? So be being filled with the Spirit. So just because just you got filled one time, that ain't enough. You better come back tomorrow and you better get filled again on Tuesday because when you go to work and got to deal with the folk, you're going to get unfilled. You, gonna, you, gonna, you got to use that spirit. I got to use the spirit to keep from knocking you out. I got to use the spirit to keep from, from busting you in your eye. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And you emptying out. So you got to come back and be filled again. You better be glad I'm Holy Ghost filled because you'll be dead right now. I'll knock you out. You just use up some of your I'm being patient with you. You use up some of your fruit. You're using your fruit. I'm showing love to folk I don't want to show love to. I'm using some of my fruit. So I got to go and get, get filled again. That's it. Come on, stand to your feet. Tell your neighbor, get filled again. Get filled again. Tell them you're going to need it for tomorrow. You're going to need it for tomorrow. When you go to work and the supervisor telling you that needs you to work extra hours, tell them, I, look, I can't miss Wednesday. You need me filled. It's not to your advantage if I'm not filled. Because if I'm not filled, it's just me. And you ain't going to like me when I'm angry. I turn into an incredible hawk. I thought you were saved. I am saved. But I'm Holy Ghost filled. They used to sing a song back in the day, just one dose of the Holy Ghost. Not enough for me. Some of y'all need two doses of the Holy Ghost. Five, six. I'm an overdose on the Holy Ghost. Just give me the whole bottle. Why? I'm, listen, ladies and gentlemen, all joking aside. God, if you allow me to use this word desperately, He's desperately, God's never desperate, you understand what I'm saying? But he, he really wants to get our attention in the body of Christ. And I'm telling you, uh, as I've been listening to other preaching, 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 not just other preaching, junk preaching, but people who are preaching, they're, they're sensing the same thing, they're hearing the same thing, that God really is getting the body of Christ woke. You know, they got this woke in the world, woke, I'm woke. You ain't woke, you just as sleep as you can be. You think you woke. You woke on human philosophy, human wisdom, human ideology, you are, you are dead man walking. 
But the Bible says, Paul said, awake you that sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. He's talking to the church. So you and I can wake up. Thank you, Lord. If you've read through Revelation, you saw Paul's, uh, John's words, or Christ's words, rather, to those seven churches. You have a name that you live, but you're really dead, he said to one church. I don't want us to be really dead. I want us to be a, a living people, living church, that I don't let anything, you know what they say when you get drunk, when you drink, it impairs your judgment. It impairs your judgment. You and I, remember, remember, uh, I taught you four keys to manifest your heavenly vision. Yes. Remember number one? Discernment. What is discernment? It's judgment. The first key is being able to judge correctly. So to be drunk on the world or myself will impair my judgment. Which means I'll then end up doing things that are time wasters and resource wasters as opposed to doing things that will make me fruitful and multiply. I'll get back to that Wednesday night. But God needs us to make sure we can discern correctly. We don't ever again err in vision. Praise the Lord. I got out that first part. I'm telling you, like I said last, last week, this is not my kind of preaching. This is not my kind of message. This is not, I want to preach faith. I want to preach the kingdom. I want to preach prosperity. I want to preach healing. I want to preach that stuff. But God is saying something to us that's so important to us that as we get it, we're going to then be able to manifest the things I really want to preach about. <laughs> things that come easy to me. This is hard, but I have to be obedient to God. He's, he's right now, he's giving us messages. Those of you who preach, you know you can give sermons. You can give sermons. We can come up with sermons anytime. You can go in a book and write something. Oh, this is, oh, that's good. But a message from God is different because it has an, a now impact. It's something that God's trying to preach into you. I can preach a sermon to you, but a message goes into you. And that's what God's given us today, which is our last Sunday, to get into us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anything you build outside the foundation of Jesus Christ will eventually crumble and fall. A marriage, ministry, a career, a business, or a life in general without Jesus as the foundation will eventually crumble and fall. If you're in this room today, you're living your life, and you've never had the foundation of Jesus Christ, my first order of business is to offer you Jesus to get you a foundation for the rest of your life. Wouldn't matter how big a building you built, wouldn't matter how beautiful, how many floors, how many, 
how many windows and how many chandeliers and all the amenities you can put in that building without the foundation being right, it's going to fall. So today I want to give somebody a chance to meet Jesus Christ and make him the Lord of your life, build a foundation. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If I'm talking to you, if by the Holy Ghost you feel, and you, you may not know it's the Holy Ghost, but you feel something on the inside of you that's pricking your heart or rumbling in your belly, and you know hmm, this feeling, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to do something right now. What you're supposed to do is come and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You're supposed to be um, getting the foundation in your life. All right, so if I'm talking about you, talking to you, you know I am, then I want to pray for you. All I ask right now at this moment is that you just put your hand in the air so I know that somebody uh, senses what I'm saying. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I hear the message today. Today is my day to be born again. I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and start with a good foundation. I want to pray for you, whoever you may be. Whoever you may be. Whoever you may be. Just all you got to do is put your hand in the air. And I know I'm praying for you. I know I'm praying for you. High enough where I can see it. Acknowledge who you are. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Maybe somebody else today in this room, someone else, someone else who will be as bold and courageous as that one young lady has already been to say, I want a foundation like that. I want to have a good life. I want to have a quality of life. But I know for sure I need a foundation now in my life, Jesus. Wherever you are, just put your hand in there. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray in a minute. All right. Now that person who, young lady, had your hand in the air, I'm going to ask you to make one bold step, and that's to come here to this altar. And you don't have to come by yourself and ask somebody, please just walk with me. I'm a little nervous. Just walk with me. And I'm sure whoever you're, you're by you, they will walk with you. I guarantee you they'll walk with you. Because you don't have to come by yourself. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, while she's coming, while she's coming, there may be somebody here who I wasn't thinking this last week, this is what happened last week, so maybe this week the same. Somebody in this room today, you weren't here last week and you didn't get that reestablishment, but you say, you've heard the message today and say, Pastor, I can look at my life and say, well, I've, I've, I've been in church, I've been walking with the Lord, but I've not been doing everything with a sure foundation of Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, I want to get that right today. I want to, if, even if that means I got to start over. I want to make sure I have a sure foundation. If that's you, I'll pray for you too today. And uh, no, no shame, no shame about it. It's just, hey, it's more shame when your building is crumbled. <laughs> that's what it's shame when the building is falling down around you. And so if that's you today, I'll pray for you too, whoever you may be. Whoever you may be, just raise your hand. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Would you come to this altar too, please? I see you. Come to this altar too, please. I'll pray for you. Be bold and very courageous. I'll pray for you. Come on, if that's you, raise your, you raise your hand. Come to this altar. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Come on. Today is your day. See, God, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. That's right. 
so much so he, he forced me into this vein. <laughs> Being other force too hard. I mean, I love you and I love him. But I, I, I'm obedient enough to follow him. All right. All right. Last thing. If you're here today, you're already saved, already walking with God as much as you can, but you're not baptizing the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues every day. Because the Bible says you've got to be filled. What evidence of being filled is speaking in tongues. That's the initial evidence of, of being filled. And then to stay filled, you've got to do some things. So if you're in that predicament, then I want to pray for you today. In fact, I have somebody, a couple, a couple people who will, uh, individuals who will, who will pray for you and help you in that. It'll take you five minutes, I guarantee, and you'll now have power. It's like having a constant hookup to the gas tank. You can take the gas pump with you. Isn't that powerful? Wouldn't it be great if you just take the gas pump with you? If that's you, we're going to pray for you. If that's you, if that's you, whoever you are, I want you to come to this altar very quickly. Come to this altar very quickly. Come to this altar very quickly. I see you. Congratulations. I see you. Congratulations. I see you. I see you. Congratulations. Come on. Man, this is big, y'all. This is big. This is big. This is big. God's doing something. God's doing something. God's doing something tremendous for his people. He wants you. He wants to be inside you. To fill you, to be inside you. So you can walk in power all the time. All right. Now, my one last call. It's a repeat call for those who need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know you need to be filled. Because what God doesn't want is you going up and down and 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 up and down. And you don't have to. Thank you. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is big business. In the kingdom, this is big business. All right, now we're going to pray here in a minute. Those of you, at least come on, Christopher, come on. Those of you who came and said, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm going to have Christopher and Elise, you're going to follow them. We got a little room. Your, your stuff is okay. Nobody going to mess with your stuff, I guarantee you. You'll be back out here in five minutes if you can handle it. If you can handle it. You coming to? Where are you going? With them? Holy Ghost for you? Are you already born again? You want to? You you born again yet? You going? All right. Well, hey, she can get born again back there too. Take her through that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All three, y'all. Go ahead. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. All right. Now let's get down to business here. Jesus Christ is the only sure foundation. Anything built 
without him is going to crumble and fall eventually. No matter how it looks, no matter how good it may be going right now, I guarantee you it's going to fall. And these three individuals are saying, I ain't even have that. I ain't about to have that. If I had it, I ain't about to have it no more. And I couldn't be more proud of them. So I'm about to pray. If anybody's want to join me, better get up here real quick. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And what I'm going to ask is um, I need, I need a, a men and a couple, couple of ladies, uh, maybe three ladies, if y'all will stand with these individuals who are up here. Hallelujah. I got any Holy Ghost-filled men up here? Come on, Holy Ghost-filled men. Come on. Good. Three to one. That's good right there. You coming to pray, you coming to, to be prayed for. All right, come on, I need somebody else. Come on. I don't want Ebony up by herself. All the Holy Ghost filled people. You're going you're gonna to release your strength. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, I thank you. And I praise you today for all that you have done for us, all that you've given for us from eternity past till now, all that you have stored up for us. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, you are the God who knows how to build. One of your names is Jehovah Bana. You are the God who builds. And so you know how to build a life. You know how to build a marriage and a ministry or a business or a career that will never fail and never crumble. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, as these individuals have come, every one of them, you see and you know we're not here to judge. We're not here to criticize. We're not here to try to discern ourselves. None of our business. None of our business whatsoever. You know. And so, God, all we have is love for these people that are here. Love and affection and care so that they know that they're safe today among brothers and sisters. And that, God, they know that, Lord, you can turn things around so quickly. And just like it was for that prodigal son who came back to you, God, you take every prodigal son or daughter to come to you, Father, and, Lord, you don't even ask me any questions. You just said thank you for coming back. And, God, I ask you today that, Lord, you show them every area of their lives where there's been brokenness, crumbling, falling, and failure, and God, show them how to go in. <laughs> Lord, matter of fact, I pray, God, show them how to, how to just let you go in. Because you're the one who builds. You're the one who lays the foundation, God. So I pray today that God, that every one of them, Lord, would receive, Lord, the, the, the surgery and the operation in their own hearts. Receive the surgery, operation in their own souls, in their own spirits, oh God, to just let you do the work in them. To remove old things. To put in new things. To remove wrong things. Put in right things, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, to everyone today will be transformed by the renewing of their minds. Thank you, God, that according to your word, that you are working in them now, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. So, God, do your work in them. Do your work in them, Lord. Do your work in their hearts right here before us, God. 
right here, Lord, on the operating table. Do your work in them, oh God. Take out every stony heart. Take out every, every, everything, Lord, that's not like you, God, and put in a heart of flesh to receive you and walk with you, Lord, and to discern, to see, to think, to speak right, right things. And God, I ask you, Lord, that you'll help them all, every one of them, to forgive even themselves, to forgive themselves, <laughs> to walk away from their past, where their, their past doesn't haunt them at night, their past doesn't haunt them throughout the day, oh God, but they can walk away from their past knowing that God, you've cast all sin, you've cast all fault, you cast all shortcomings, you've cast all their failures into the sea of forgetfulness, God. And Lord, truth be told, every one of us in this room has some area where we've fallen, where we've failed, and every one of us could be up here right now. So we thank you, Lord. I pray that every person in this room standing in this audience, Lord, watching online, wherever they are, that God, you do something supernatural in their hearts. And God, that we pluck up everything you've not planted. We destroy everything that you've not built and allow you to build us again and make us who you called us to be. I pray for supernatural release. In the name of Jesus, of your people. Release and restoration. Wherever there has been brokenness, release and restoration. Wherever there has been brokenness, Father, release and restoration, God. Wherever there has been brokenness, Father, no more brokenness in their lives. You're the God who will make us whole <laughs> and then tell us to go in peace. So I thank you that, God, these individuals from this day forward will go in peace, filled with your spirit, walking in your word, living in your love every day. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Now, those of you here, I want you to give them all a big hug. Come on, give them a big hug. They need, they need, they need that. They need, they need that right there. They need that hug. They need that embrace. They need that. They need that embrace. We give it to them freely. We give it to them freely. To be whole. To be restored. Hallelujah. You got to know how important this is, ladies and gentlemen. You got to know how important this is. God is doing a wondrous thing for us. I, I love what he's doing. I love what he's doing. I love what he's doing. Keep on, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. We're going with you. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I pray that you have been blessed today by the word of God and his minister to you. I'll, I'll pick it back up on next Sunday. We got a, we got a ways to go. Because I want to teach you about the sure foundation. Yes. Uh, I, mean, I got good notes. So <laughs> uh, if God lets me get to them, um, we'll preach what God has given us about this sure 
foundation. Come back Wednesday night. We're going to get back on waste not, want not. Waste not, want not. And um, we can get out of debt and get out of bondage and get out of loss and get all that kind of stuff. Amen? This year. You know, I don't care how much debt you have. God can get you out this year. It can have all happen this year. Amen? Amen. Don't forget uh, all of our flight leaders and assistants. We have our conference call tonight, 7 o'clock p.m. from 7 to 8. Is there an exercise class tonight? Okay, I know if y'all is going to because of the cold. So it ain't that cold. You're going to warm up when you walk. So 5 o'clock here, where? Crescent Lake Park is where it is. Okay, Crescent Lake Park, uh, the walk over there. So if you're in the group me for the fit camp, uh, be a part of that. I'm glad to hear, encouraged by all the numbers I'm hearing. Everybody losing weight and body mass coming down, all that kind of good stuff. Looking good. You're looking good. The fast is probably helping a lot too, right? Amen. So you all looking good and feeling good. Deacon Mack and I were talking about it this morning, how, just how good you feel. Amen. And that's the way God wants us, healthy and strong. Woohoo! Shatara bakasa, rababa baba kara la basa, tara la bakasa, rababa la basa, gore bere le beki ramabros bere le bere le kisita, bere le ramagor ramor bere le bekiita. Praise God. How you feel, Michelle? You feel good. I feel good. I knew that you would. February the 9th, uh, Pastor uh, William Bumpus will be with us. February the 9th, we're going to have a great time. I encourage you, I admonish you, invite as many people as you can, especially unsaved loved ones, uh, those who, have, who might have a rugged past or a rugged present. A rugged present. They will be blessed by his testimony. I, don't, I can't hear it enough time to tell you the truth, uh, but he, he always preaches a word of faith message too. That'll be a blessing to us, so make sure you come on that day. Other announcements to come, things that are in the works that we'll tell you about as they come. Uh, on next Sunday, we're going to be launching a new website. A new website, so uh, you'll get details about that. It'll, I think it'll launch on Sunday morning. Is that how it's going to work? So uh, look forward to that. Great new website. That's beautiful, beautiful. We thank God for our media ministry uh, that we have. <laughs> Music ministry. Security ministry, deacons ministry, hospitality, ushers, greeters, our youth ministry with them babies over there. All of them. We're thankful for you. Thankful for you, uh, how you, how you serve. Um, I was about to say something else, but it'll come to me. I'll send you a note about it. Amen. Come on, baby. Let's let's. let's, let's. Black history, right, that's right, thank you. That's, that's not what it was, but that's good. After service today, those of you who are interested in taking part in the Black History Month um, uh, showcase. showcase, presentations that will happen on the 16th and 23rd of next month. You know, Black History Month starts Saturday, right? This year we get 29 days. We get an extra day this year. So. If you're interested in being a part of that, they're going to meet in Building 2. Is that right? So immediately following service, head over to Building 2. If you can act, sing, draw, whatever you can do, uh, want to be a part of that, they'll let you know where you can be involved. So youth and adults. 
everybody. We want you to be a part of that on um, uh, next on today. Today, uh, final note: This past week, we sent off the funds for the heat program. I think our total was was it four thousand three hundred something dollars. Our goal was twenty five hundred. We did forty three hundred dollars, and they were blessed by it. They were blessed by it. So thank you, thank you so much for the great things you have done. All right. This week, win somebody to Jesus Christ. Get some, get some people saved. Amen. Thank you, Lord, again for this time we've been joining your presence. I thank you for each of your people, those who uh, came to get, get saved, those who came to rededicate their lives, and those who got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Thank you so much that you do the total package for people, Lord, and thank you for your great love for us. Now as we go from this place, continue to keep us. Let us walk in your word and live in your love each and every day. Let us experience your joy abounding in our hearts, and let the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich and has no sorrow with it be upon us. Each and every day we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Be a blessing this week. Hug somebody. Let them know you love them.